Go ahead and open your Bibles, if you will, to 1 John chapter 2. We've been uh, talking about the Holy Spirit, and I know it's Mother's Day, but I think uh, the things that I'm going to talk about today really, really do describe uh, not only the Holy Spirit, but our moms. Um, You know, I've often made the statement um, about my wife being the sexy voice of God (laughs) <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, but I think that uh, we can also pretty much say that about, about moms, maybe not being the sexy voice of God, because that would be weird, but um, maybe they would be the, um, the feminine voice of God in our lives, though. And, uh, you know, it's so funny that parents in particular have such an important role in today's day and age, but moms just seem to, I mean, there's just something about them that is really special. And the characteristics I'm going to talk about today of the Holy Spirit really sound like the characteristics of mom. And uh, so we're going to try and bridge the gap with a Holy Spirit message and a Mother's Day message today. I don't know if too many people have ever done that before. Um, for those of you who are with us for the first time, again, so great to have you here with us. But uh, uh, we've been talking about this, and I, I want to set this up for you, just a real quick review. Um, uh, the, the reason we came up with this term for our, our message, uh, batteries not included, uh, when I was a kid and st- the original Star Wars came out, I got uh, given as a present for Christmas one year <clears throat> uh, Luke's land speeder. And instead of it just being the normal one that you pushed, this one was remote controlled. Um, and um, it came with this little R2-D2 remote that was a, it was literally a clicker. When you pushed the button, it clicked instead of it beaming a uh, sound waves or, or not sound waves, but uh, tele- radio waves or whatever. And, and you know, you younger folks should know that's where the term clicker comes from for your TV because they actually used to click back in the day. But anyway, um, <clears throat> when I got that, I was so excited and I, I was so pumped, but, but then I was so disappointed because my parents didn't buy batteries and Christmas was on a Saturday that year. And this was in the 70s, so we didn't have 7-Elevens on every corner in northeastern Kentucky. Um, and so I had to wait till Monday because nothing was open on Sunday. So I had to wait till Monday to, to actually unleash everything that this gift could do for me. And um, uh, that's what we want to talk about in, during this, this um, series on the Holy Spirit is, is that the battery for the Christian is not the salvation that happens. Salvation is what makes you new. I was kind of hoping that would still be there. Uh, that, that's what makes you new and shiny. Salvation is what makes you, that every, this is what everybody else sees. But see, you're, you're, you're able to do more than, than, what, than just looking good. You're, you're able to do more than just being good. You're actually able to, you have, you have something that God's placed on the inside of you that will not be unleashed until power is connected to it. And so batteries for the Christian is actually a secondary relationship uh, and a secondary experience of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so we said to you last week the, um, that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. That, uh, and I don't want to get into the, the whole deep thing, but briefly I'll say this. The word God is the, actually the word Elohim, and Elohim is a uniplural noun. And we have at least three English teachers that go to school here, and they could probably tell you this better than me. But a uniplural noun means plurality and unity, which means... Uh, a, a word like team. Well, there's one team, but there's many members on a team. Uh, church. There's one church, but there's many members of a church. Family. One member. One family. Many members of a family. So God is the same word. It is. It, it means there's just one God, but there's more than one person 
that makes up God. And it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We also said to you that he is not an it. Some people refer to the Holy Spirit as it. Ooh, I felt it. You know, it showed up this morning. He's, he's not an it. He is a person. He is an actual person that is uh, made up uh, uh, in the Trinity. And, and if you, you know, and I said he's not, a, he's not something that should be afraid of. Not, he's not Casper or a ghost from Scooby-Doo, you know, something like that. He is an actual person just like Jesus and just like the Father, the Holy Spirit is a person, okay? And if you would like to hear all that in its entirety, you can download our messages. We have a podcast that we just give away our messages for free. You can get those anytime you want. You can also go on our YouTube channel and watch them. All that we just make available to you for free. So you can get the details for all those, that review um, for you um, that way. I also said to you, uh, I believe I said that he is the guarantee that actually makes us Christians, that when we actually confess Jesus as Lord of our lives, it's the Holy Spirit that seals us and confirms to us that now we're different, okay? And then um, this week, I want to talk to you about some more characteristics of him. Now, I want to say, uh, I was sitting up here, and the Lord just dropped this on me while I was sitting up there uh, on the front row. Um, as a Christian, as a Christian, just by you being born again and confessing Jesus as Lord of your life, you have access to a lot of power. The, I mean, how many of you know, come on, somebody could say this, uh, probably get up here and we could have testimonies all day long. You have access to power just in the name of Jesus by itself. You have access because you have the Bible and the, the Bible is the word of God and the word of God has power in it. Come on, somebody. And so we have access to that, but those are external power that we actually have access to. Here's what the Holy Spirit does. When the Holy Spirit, when we have that secondary experience of the Holy Spirit, we go, now I want to make sure that this is clear. Please do not walk out of here and misunderstand. Everybody listen to these exact words that are coming out of my mouth, okay? We go from being a Christian that's bought and owned by Christ now, who has access to power in the name of Jesus to becoming a container of that same power. Come on, somebody. Okay, we are now not just a container that can hold it. We are a container that, come on, does hold it. Okay, this is what the Holy Spirit does for us. Now, I heard a story one time. I actually read this in his, in his uh, life story. One of my heroes of the faith, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, you know, and I've, some of you have heard me talk about him before. He did some unbelievable things. He raised nine people from the dead. One of them was a 14-year-old boy in the funeral home, had been there for several days. Smith walks in. Now, this, after the embalming process and everything, Smith walks in, pulls the guy out of, the 14-year-old boy, out of the casket, slams him up against the wall, commands him to live in the name of Jesus. And in, a, in, in, you know, in London, funeral home full of people watches this boy come back from the dead. Now, this happened nine other times where he raised people from the dead like this. And one of those happened on a cruise ship. He was on a cruise with his daughter, and a guy just keels over, boom, on the deck, laying there, and um, everybody's gathered around. They don't know what to do, and and this is the days before CPR. Nobody really knew what to do, and so, you know, people are freaking out. He's dead, and Smith walks over, lays his hands on him, commands him to live in the name of Jesus, and he gets up, sits up, and is fine. Now, that's pretty dramatic. I'm pretty sure we would all be like, wow, if that happened in, you know, in front of us. Okay. Afterwards, somebody asked him, Brother Smith, did you feel something? 
said, no. Well, did, you, did God say something to you? And he said, no. He said, and this is the part I want you to catch this morning. If you have to wait till you feel or hear something, you're missing the whole point of what the secondary experience of the Holy Spirit's all about. The Holy Spirit makes us containers of the power of God. So it, it's not just for our benefit, though, so that we can walk around and be like, oh, look how anointed I am, look how awesome I am, but it is for the, come on, the benefit of those who are going to come in contact with us, okay? So with that being said, and we'll get into that next week. Y'all know next week's Pentecost Sunday, don't you? Did anybody know that? It really is the day of Pentecost next Sunday. Um, and so we're going to talk about that next Sunday, but uh, a little bit more in depth. But uh, in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 21, we read about the Holy Spirit being the teacher. Verse 21 says this, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is, a, who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does, does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. All right? Uh, verse 24, Therefore, let, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning, if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he promised us, promised us eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. Now check this out, verse 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now, I want to read this to you out of another translation, just this last verse. All right. Uh, I am writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray, but you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true, for the Spirit teaches you Everything that you need to know and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Now this verse is not talking about not needing someone to teach you more about Christ. What this is talking about is somebody else teaching you another way to the Father besides Christ. You don't need somebody to teach you that. Why? Because you have the great teacher on the inside of you already, okay? Uh, the book of John was written, or the, first, the book of 1 John was written, and I used to teach this at Ramah when I, was, when I was teaching Bible college. I used to teach this class, the Johannine Epistles, and I could get real deep and theological on you if you want me to, but I'll, I'll just summarize it by saying this. The Gnostics were a bunch of people that were teaching uh, ways to God came through enlightenment and came, you know, through, you know, you're just eventually going to achieve this. And so they were telling, you know, there were, there were some people that were telling the, the, the Jews that had been born again, the early church, hey, go back to, to your works and go back and, and do all this other stuff because eventually you'll find God that way. And that's why John had to write this letter and say, hey, that's not true. Don't listen to what they're saying. You don't need somebody else to tell you how to get to the Father. You've already come to the Father through Jesus, and the Holy Spirit teaches you that. It teaches you how to get further, okay? So it's the Holy Spirit who opens our eyes 
to revelation when we read the word or in our knowledge of our relationship with God. All right? Now, what does that mean? The role of the Holy Spirit today we want to talk about first is that of a teacher. He is the great teacher. All right? Anybody ever been reading the Bible and you're there reading and all of a sudden you just, boom, there's God's face staring at you? I mean, not literally like eyes, but I mean, it's like, whoa, I actually see it. I see God there. You ever been praying and just kind of maybe you by yourself, you and the Holy Spirit just kind of driving around in the car and all of a sudden something just clicks and it makes so much sense and it's there. I get it. It isn't because you just suddenly understand it. It's because the Holy Spirit taught you that just that quick. When you're reading the word and it makes more sense, that's the Holy Spirit teaching you. This is one of his roles. He is the great teacher that enlightens us and brings us into the knowledge of our relationship with Christ. All right? John chapter 16, verse number 13 says this, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me. Now, this is Jesus talking. By taking from uh, what is mine, and check these next words out here, and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take what is mine and make it known to you. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. Listen, you, you, there's so many people that are, that are like, oh, I just want to know more about God. I want to know. And they're going, they're looking in the wrong places. The only way to really know about God is through the Holy Spirit. That's why it's important who we hang around with. Come on, somebody. You're all looking at me real serious this morning. It's important who we hang around with. There's a reason that the, the, the church in the book of Acts went, and, and the Bible says they went to their own company to pray. Why? Because they're doing something new in their life, and they're doing something new that was to create the, the, new church, the, the, the church. And in order for them to go further with it, they needed to be around somebody else who believed like them, was filled with the same spirit of God that they were. This is why it's important. Why? Because the more we are around each other, the more we experience the anointing that's on each other, the more God teaches us and shows us and reveals us these things, all right? Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 8 says, but the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they wouldn't have cru crucified our glorious Lord. This is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor, eye, nor, nor mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit." Here's the best part, though. And we have received God's spirits, it's God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Listen, the, the, first part of that, the first part of that scripture really sums this up by saying the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus. What are we saying? These experts that are in religion that aren't even saved, that people are building their opinions about God on, are a waste of time. Nobody can really understand a relationship with Christ outside of the relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to do. Why? Because when you get saved and Jesus comes to abide in your heart and the Holy Spirit seals that, now you have the, the real expert, 
Now, who's more of an expert than the person himself? <laughs> I mean, do, does anybody know you better than you? Some of you would say your spouse does. Almost. But really, you know yourself better. When you feel something, you know it more than anybody else knows it. You feel it before anybody else feels it. Now, they might be able to tell something's wrong, but they don't really know what it is. You know yourself better. And this is what the Holy Spirit is. He is the Spirit of God, and he knows God better than anybody. Why? Because he is God. And if he's going to teach us something about himself, who better should we receive from? An expert that has a lot of head knowledge and, and went to five different schools and ten different doctorate degrees and all that. And I'm, I'm all about education. I'm working on my doctorate right now. Okay? I'm all about it. Okay? But they will never understand it here. It has to be in a relationship through the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. Okay? This is why people that aren't saved can never understand God. All right? They don't have that Holy Spirit experience. Okay? God shows us the deep things. He reveals to us the elementary things. He teaches us the things that we should reject. He, he, he instructs us on the things that we should receive. He teaches us all things. Second thing I want to talk about today is he is the comforter. Anybody in here ever get agitated and upset? Now, come on, some of you got kids and we're getting them ready for church this morning. Come on. Maybe your kids are grown and you're like remembered. This is Mother's Day. I remember when I used to beat my kids to get them ready for church. My mom was probably, my mom's watching right now. She'd probably be like, yes, I was one of those. All right. I used to beat my kids to get them ready for church. You feel agitated. Anybody ever get upset about something? You, you feel like there's no peace surrounding you. It seems like turmoil all around. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? This is the side of the Holy Spirit that I believe too many people don't reach out and grab a hold of. In the face of our worst situations and trials, the tests that come, we can have peace and comfort in the face of those things. John chapter 14, verse number 15 says this, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwells within you, and, you sh- and he shall be with you. Uh, later on down, verse 25 says this, These things I have spoken unto you, being yet present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Fifth, John fifteen twenty six. But when the Comforter has come... Whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. And in John chapter 16, verse 7 and 8, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for, I, for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, which will, uh, will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now, moms... I'm going to ask you this. How many times have you been able, just in the very few short seconds of a crying baby or crying child coming into your presence, able to just calm them down? I mean, you see a baby, a little kid crying about something, they don't want dad. 
<laughs> they don't want aunts and uncles or grandparents or nobody. Who do they ask for first? They ask for mom. And what's the fir- what happens? They pick up the, oh, baby, it's okay. And in just like a few seconds, it could be, I mean, the finger could be broken off and, and hanging, and, you know, and blood squirting everywhere. And at least they'll calm down and kind of st- still be somewhat normal. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, it's almost like moms use the Jedi mind trick. It's like your finger is not broken. You know? <laughs> it really is. It's, it's, it's almost like the Vulcan mind meld. I mean, it's like, calm down. It's okay. And they go from, ah, to, <laughs> and you see them start, it's like they're bringing them back down to earth. Listen, this is the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He is the comforter. When things are going crazy all around us, he reaches right in and just goes, hey, calm down, it's okay. Calm down, it's all right. David was able to make a statement. He said that 1,000 will fall at one side and 10,000 will fall at the other side. And it's not going to mess with me. Why can somebody stand up and say that? I mean, to me, that sounds insane. Are you, Okay, we're talking 11,000 people dying on all sides of you, and you're going to just act like it's okay? That's a crisis. Why? Because he's comforted. He's experiencing God to comfort him when he's, everything's going crazy around him. This is why Paul's able to say, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through God. I've been okay whether I have a lot or whether I don't have anything, I'm okay. God's going to meet my needs. I don't know about you, but what, how many of you would look at your checkbook and see you're getting down to nothing and you're thinking, I'm going to have to go buy ramen noodles. Does that make you go, yay? No. It makes us all kind of, <laughs> but listen, this is when the Holy Spirit rises up on the inside and comforts, and you go, okay, all right. This is why people that really Get it when they're facing sickness. I mean, my mom was this way. My mom had pemphigus in the 70s, and they didn't know anything about it. They don't know much more now than they did then. Pemphigus is an incurable blood disease. She had blisters all over her body. It was a, a disease of the blood, surfaces through the skin. Literally, her hair was, you know, underneath of her scalp was all falling out. It was just, it's terrible. It's a terrible disease. And she would, she got to the point where she finally grabbed hold of the word of God when it was said about healing. And, and even though she was in pain, racked with pain all over her body, her doctors would come in and say, Nancy, how are you doing today? And she'd be like, I'm healed. She'd say, I'm, by his stripes, I am healed. And they'd just look at her and go, bless your heart. <laughs> they'd just look at her like she's crazy. But you know what? She, and, and, and it didn't feel good. It did, I mean, she was in pain, and she said they would come in and change bandages out, and it hurt every time they pulled that off. But she never one time acted like it, it did. And it wasn't because she was just toughing it out. It wasn't just because she just had a bunch of discipline, and she was just like, no, I'm going to make it happen. She was being comforted, come on, somebody, by the Holy Spirit in her time of need. And until the answer showed up, she was content to rely on the arms of the Holy Spirit wrapping around her and going, it's okay, you just calm down, I got this. This is what the Holy Spirit does. How can we be comforted with more than just words on the page of the Bible? And listen, these aren't empty words. We all know they're powerful words. I started with that statement. They're powerful words. But listen, when you read those and they become more than words on the page, why? Because you're being comforted by the Holy Spirit in the meantime. We know these things are true, all right? We make the mistake sometimes, though, of relying on our own power, our own strength, to get us through till the answer shows up. Now let's just be honest. How many of you prayed for something and nothing happened? 
Now, I'm not talking by faith, nothing happened. I'm, I'm saying, you, 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 we all know that we're by faith. Okay, we, we don't need confession police here. But, but I mean, you, you, you're, you're like, you prayed and you saw no change. You didn't feel any different. You didn't, the situation, it's almost like your prayer just walked up there, touched the ceiling, came back down and went, pow, right in the face when it came back down. I've been there. All right? And so then we go, okay, I'm going to believe that when I prayed, I'm, I believe I receive, and I, I'm believing I'm, I'm going to have it. So in the meantime, we're tortured and tormented and going, oh, my God, what happens if it doesn't happen? Nobody going to admit to that? Ah, I don't know. I sure hope I prayed right. I sure hope I got everything in order. Listen, this is a mistake that Christians make all the time, that we're, we're in faith. It's like we're in faith, but yet we're trying to make ourselves be in faith. That's not what the comforting power of the Holy Spirit's for. When we pray and we still, still feel the pain, when we pray and we still see the negative balance, when we pray and there's, the person's still angry, <laughs> when we pray and the situation gets worse, what do we do? Are we just supposed to, you know, write up the confession poster and put it on the wall and just, I'm not going to look at anything else except that I'm just going to keep staring at that and I'm just going to keep saying that and I'm just going to keep saying that and everything is going to hell all around us and we just keep looking at it and, and we want to look so bad and we don't feel any peace and we don't feel anything and the next thing we know we're getting down and down but we're still trying and we're still trying to finally we go, I give up. It's because this is not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to rely on the comforting power of the Holy Ghost. He's supposed to help us calm down and get back to normal so that we can function in this life until the answer shows up. You're facing pain today? Listen, let the Holy Spirit comfort you in that pain uh, until the healing shows up and it completely disappears. You're facing a financial crisis today? Listen, let the Holy Spirit comfort you with peace that passes all understanding. Until the, the money shows up and goes into your account. This is a sign of the Holy Spirit. People just do not ever really reach out and grab a hold of. The comforter. The word comforter is actually the same word as the, the, the last point of my message. He is the helper. The word parakletos is a big Greek word. Some of you are looking at me funny. Yeah, it's a big Greek word. And I'm going to quote theological things for a second here. The, the Greek word parakletos is the same word that is used for comforter as it is for helper in the New Testament. Jesus used the same word. All right? It means this. One, along, uh, one called alongside to help and to comfort. And some of you have been looking at your notes on Ustream and you realized I went out of order. It was an accident. Um, The comforter and the helper is the side of the Holy Spirit that we should be seeing, all right? John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I'll pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, this is the New King James, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things. The comforting power and the helping power of the Holy Spirit 
is for us in the middle of the deepest, darkest, most challenging times in our lives. Now let's look at the word help for a second. The word help. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I know people, I, I, I mean, my, I grew up on a job site. My dad was a building contractor before he was a businessman. So my summers were spent in the hot, horrible sun building, you know, studding up walls and putting, you know, laying blocks and digging footers. And I got to tell you, this has nothing to do with my notes. Is it okay if I take a little side journey here? All right. We had this guy that worked for us. His name was Donald. And I mean, this guy was one of those. I mean, we used to make jokes like he was robotic, like he is bionic or something because he was strong as an ox, but that's about it. He was, wasn't, he didn't have a lot of mental um, strength. He just was all physical. So if you told him to do something, you had to be specific because he was going to go do it specifically the way you just told him. And if you gave him freedom, you, you may wind up with something you didn't plan on doing, okay? And one day, we were digging a footer, and, and, uh, and, and so we're getting ready, to, you know, the concrete truck's coming to pour it, and so we're digging it, and so it rained, and so we couldn't really finish digging it out the way we needed to, so we had to cancel the truck. So the next day, my dad says to him, says, show up early, dig, and finish digging this footer so that the concrete truck can pour all that in there. And so we're, we get there, and it's on like a, an incline on a hill, and he's down in there digging on his knees. Now, that's not that big of a deal, except when he would take the shovel and stick it in there, he would put his knee on top of it and shove it down in there. I was like, uh, you really are bionic, because some of you are like, what's so big about that? Have you ever thought about putting your knee on the top of something sharp and shove it into the ground? Nah, but this is what he did, okay? Now, this is the kind of guy's that if you said, if they came to you and said, hey, will you help me do something? They didn't mean help me do it. They meant do it for me. <laughs> anybody else know anybody like this? Right. We had guys that worked for us like this all the time. They'd be like, hey, uh, can you help me do this? Translation, will you go and do that for me? This is where a lot of people rely on God, not for the helper. They want him to do everything for them. And that's not what, Jesus goes to great length to call him the helper. In fact, he, he, they, in Psalms, the Bible actually talks about all three members of the Godhead because it's the word Elohim again. It says, Elohim, or God, is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Okay, Help means this, to make it easier for someone to do something by offering aid. Not to do for them, but to help them do it. Now, I was thinking about this today, and, and, you know, I've got all these toys up here, and all of these look cool. You know, um, this is Gorilla Mountain. This is one of my son's favorites. Um, all these look cool, um, and they all, they all do different things. Um, I don't know if any of these have batteries in them or not. That was the whole point of having them up here is to, if they didn't, but, um, okay, this one doesn't. Good. Now, this, this little guy here, is a, a human-powered, human-powered little machine, uh, toy. My son gets on this, puts his feet down on the side, and scoots. Okay? Now, when we first got this for him, and you can tell if you look at this, this thing is well used. And it laughs and talks and Big Bird and all them talk and everything. Um, 
But if he ever got someplace and couldn't, couldn't go any further, he would ask. He would be like, Daddy, come help me. Daddy, come help me. Now, Peyton's, this is Peyton's now because Peyton's our two-year-old. Peyton hasn't quite got down to talking yet, so it's a lot of grunting and uh, 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 you know, so that kind of thing. <laughs> so, but you, you seem to decipher it when you're a parent. It's like, you know, I know what the uh, uh means. But when I would go over there, I'd be like, okay, come on, let me help you. And every single time, Preston would pull his feet up, just pull them straight up. And not even, there was no, none of this anymore. His feet would go straight up. And I'd just laugh and I'd be like, hey, now, I'm not here. I'm not going to push you all over the house. I'm just going to help you get out of this place you're stuck in. Come on now, listen. God has given us gifts and abilities and talents and things that we are all capable of doing. And he calls himself, the Holy Spirit, the helper, not the doer. And so when you get in a tight spot, don't just pull your feet up and expect God to do everything. You keep doing what you're doing and now ask God, come on, to bless and assist and help what you're, come on, doing the Bible is full of stories where they all had been told to do something, and they got there, and every one of them, there was a challenge. You know, when David went to go fight Goliath, he didn't get out there, and, and this lightning bolt comes streaking down from heaven, and just, and down goes Goliath. No, he still had to put his hand in the bag, pull out the rock, put it in the sling, and sling the stone and then what? God then di- directed and guided and helped the stone hit its target. Esther had to go and still stand in front of the king. You know, there was no, there's no part where she prays and God just changed the, the king's mind. She still had to go and stand before him and still open her mouth and plead her case. I mean, we could go on and on. I mean, you know, Samson still had to put his hands on the walls of the temple, on the column. Let me feel the strength of the columns. He still had to go and do something. Peter had to get out of that boat and put his foot down on the water. But how many of you know, as soon as all these people did something, the Lord helped their efforts. Their efforts weren't just their own efforts anymore, but it was still their efforts. And then God helped their efforts. He became the person standing behind them, pushing them out of the hard stuff. The part where they couldn't go any further anymore. Okay, I got you. It wasn't on theirs because he it wasn't on their own. It wasn't by their own power. Come on, it's not by might. Come on, not by power. Come on, but by what? By my spirit, says the Lord. It's not going to be something that we'll be able to do all on our own. And if you can do everything on your own, you're not doing what God's called you to do. But when you get to the place that you can't go any further, this is when he becomes the helper. He becomes the comforter. It's okay, I'm going to help you get out of this. And here's how you get there, and this is how you don't do it anymore. Now he's the teacher. Come on, this is the characteristics of the Holy Spirit that gives us more power to do things in our lives. We'll pick up here next week. Heads bowed, eyes closed. We're done. Lord, thank you for our time together.